Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again to come before your throne. We can find mercy, grace, everything we need to help us in our time of need. We're always welcome here because of your blood. And so we acknowledge the power of your blood to cleanse us from all and to cleanse our ears, our eyes, our hearts, everything about us that we might come open to be receptive to your word. And we thank you, Lord, that, that your word is always with power. And we honor you today. It has power to heal us, save us, deliver us, give us insight, revelation, and hope and encouragement. It gives us our, everything we need is in your word. So we thank you that your word is you and you are your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and praise God. Amen. So, so we're going to finish talking about the point of contact to release your faith. Because there's so many times we're hanging on to, to the word of God. We, we believe God. We believe we received when we prayed. But when's it going to manifest? And I think that's what everybody wants to know. And, uh, and it's a good question to ask because if you ask God, he'll certainly tell you. If he doesn't say anything, just keep doing what you're doing. That's, that's the way I look at it. It's not like you're not doing the right thing when you're believing him. And so as as you believe God and step out and use your faith, uh, you need to understand that there are, are steps in in growth in your faith. We 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 say things like someone is growing your their faith. Uh we we talked about uh wenting. We talk a little bit about that's just a phrase we we <laughs> Christian people, I was going to say religious people, but I ain't claiming that. Religious people, that you know, they go way off on stuff, miles wrong on what they believe. But um, in, in Christendom, we pick that phrase up uh, from the uh, passage of Scripture uh, where Jesus uh, prayed for the lepers, and the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. So you got to go. In order to be healed, but you gotta go with something. You just can't keep winting and going and all of that and never get it. You're on your way to something. And Jesus had provided a point of contact for them to receive their healing. Amen. And so these are points of contact are, are, uh, situations, phrases, words, whatever we want to call it, uh, that will, will help us to give a, a time where our faith will be released to receive the manifestation of that that we're believing God for. You see them all throughout the Bible where people decided that when they did something, God was going to do something. And they didn't just decide on their own. They do this with the cooperation of the Holy Spirit. Many times the Holy Spirit is the author of the point of contact. So he is the helper of your faith. Amen. Uh, it's like if, if I'm, if I'm looking for a job, uh, and I tell the Lord, I said, God, when I go to this next interview, I'm going to get this job. I want you, I want that to be my job. You got me? And you just say that. And, and if God's with you in it, it'll happen. If it doesn't happen, then what do you do? You don't go home and scream and cry and say, God don't want me to work. Come on now, we, we dealing with the God. The devil may not want you to work, but God wants you to work. Amen. So, yeah, and he has, he said, if you don't work, you don't eat. So he must have a job for everybody. So let's get to getting. Amen. Go find your job. Amen. I mean, what's the problem? 
Well, I went and they didn't do that. You ain't going, you ain't winting. You keep, you ain't, you don't quit winting. Amen. Especially, especially when you're winting after the things of God. So you just keep a winting and it'll be at the next went you went to. Amen. You, you'll find it. Amen. So, so these are, are points of contact. These are, um, triggers for you to release your faith. Either circumstances, uh, words spoken, uh, um, places where God tells you to go. Uh, all of those things are points of contact for the release of your faith. So that there, your faith can, can, you can maximize, uh, the effects of your faith by allowing yourself to develop this type of, of relationship with God, this type of dialogue with God, uh, this type of meditation with God. And points of contact are developed through meditation or through direct contact with God where he will point out certain things to us for our remembrance. Uh, in Abraham's situation, if you recall, Abraham was told, I want you to leave where you are and I'm going to take care of you. That's basically what God told him. He said, go to a place and, you know, you'll know when you get there. Amen. So sometimes we have to follow God and not be sure what's going to happen when we get there. Now, there are other times where people have uh, gotten a definite from God, like the, the uh, widow that had the cruise of oil. The prophet told her, uh, no, the, the widow that had the, she was going to eat her last meal. She had the barrel of meal that had, she had got enough for a little cake. And he said, give to me first and then God will take care of you. You got me? So her point of contact of faith was to release something first to the man of God. And then God was going to come and take care of her. Now, if, if, the prophet hadn't told her what the result would be. She would just be feeding somebody for nothing. Do you understand what she's doing a nice deed? But when God's involved in it, it's going to pay off for you. See, he, he wants to bless you. He don't want you to just do things for people without being taken care of yourself. Now, how would that look for him to have the widow, you know, and then we can look in the Bible and say, mm, that, I don't trust them prophets, man. They take your last something to eat and then you die starvation i ain't gonna go and you know many people have that attitude about giving because we don't have the assurance that god's gonna don't ever give your last nothing unless god has told you to do it and he's gonna take care of you if you do it do you understand me you've got to have that relationship with god where you know you can trust him to that level and don't let people twist your arm and take money from you promising you a, a bunch of now you're gonna be a millionaire just give to my ministry you know you, you give me the million dollars first you show me you can produce it and then i'll give you something god always assures us you know he don't want he said if i'm if i was hungry i wouldn't tell y'all so i own everything anyway what am i gonna ask you for something for but these are points of contact where you release your faith in God into whatever he tells you to bless so that you can receive the greater blessing. 
God will not take from you more than he will give to you. He's a God who increases everything. And so we need to understand that. You, you, the points of contact will always bless you, increase you, work in your favor, give you what you're looking for. They're not going to leave you high and dry and you don't know what to do next. Amen. You know, I, you know, people can tell you in this ministry, we don't twist your arm to give. You know, I pray and we, we ask God for what we need and, and we tell the people what the need is and just do your best. Do as you purpose in your heart. Your best is always good enough for God. His grace is sufficient for it. Whatever you, whatever you give, His grace is, if you do it by faith, His grace is on what you do. And it's always sufficient for everything. Amen. So let's not play these games, you know, where you get these things, you think it's a point of contact and you wind up losing everything. Or you think it's God told you to do it and it never works out right. Amen. God will always lead you to a greater blessing. So he told Abram when he was Abram without the H in his name. Amen. Before his his show enough covenant with God. Amen. He told him to just walk and leave this place. He wants to be your God first. If he could bless you where you were, you wouldn't need him. You wouldn't need to leave. God needed somebody he could train in his ways. And he can't always train you everywhere you are. Amen. He has a place of training for everybody. For the things that, that he wants you to do. Not stuff for you all the time. But there's stuff God wants us to do. And so he has a place for us. Where these things will happen. And so he told Abraham to get to getting. Amen. Just leave leave your, your homeland behind. Why do you want him out of there? Because he was a pagan. He was sitting there. You know he was one of what they call navel gazers. Remember back in the 60s. The hippies used to sit up. Oh, you know, a chant until they, <laughs> and Pastor Cho would say, I, I chanted to Buddha till I was spooky, till I got spooky. Amen. That them demons that have you chanting till you get ready to pass out and still you don't get anything from them. Amen. You just sitting up there spooky. And so, so God wanted Abraham away from those people that worship that God because people influence people. Sometimes God has to get you away from everything and everybody to clean you up so he can use you. Amen. If they've been a negative influence on your life, you got to get away from them people. Amen. Amen. So that you can get to a place where God can can help you can talk to you can so abram was in a a, a a a lonely place a desolate place he had his wife sarah with him he had lot with him he had a lot of cattle he was he was very well off his father had passed away by this time and he left all those material things and he had land there too so he left a nice little tidy inheritance to go and follow god you might wonder what made him go Huh? I mean, think about it. What what makes us leave the world and come to Christ? A lot of times it's desperation. 
You need help. You can't do no better. Sometimes it's a promise of more. So in, in Abram's case, it was a promise of more. God always ups the ante, as they say in whatever. I don't gamble anymore. <laughs> it's hard to leave that language somewhere. <laughs> so, you know, he always increases it. Whatever you think you got, he he promises to give you more. Amen. Most of us were pretty bankrupt when we came to God. So it was like a no-brainer. You know, he said, I ain't leaving. What am I leaving? My sin, my problems. Huh? The dope man. All them girlfriends running in and out and you can't keep up with them. Trying to hide one in the closet and the other one coming in the back door. Ooh, nobody said that. Oh, my goodness. We must have some super saints out there. Can't get an amen from nobody. Vicky, uh, <laughs> your husband's sitting up here looking like me, like I fell out the ceiling or something. What's she talking about? Is she coming? Is she coming with me? Talking with me? <laughs> but we left stuff that was no good for us, and we knew we were leaving nothing behind. There's some people that have stuff, and it's hard for them to leave and obey God. And so Abram must have thought in his heart something better was coming. Amen. Something better was coming. And so he believed God, got up and left, and and went on and had several encounters with God where God began to plant seeds in his heart for things that he was promising him. And these seeds we talked about as being points of contact where Abraham could look back and say, you know, when I left there, God told me he was going to do this, 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 and this for me. And so far, he's kept his word. So I must believe that he's going to do this, everything he's ever told me. He's, and this is the way we develop our faith. This is the way we develop our relationship with God. This is, we do it through points of contact. These are remembrances, memories, testimonies, things that God has done for us, and then we put ourselves daily in remembrance of these things. This is where we mess up because we don't use what we already have often enough to keep us full of faith for whatever else is coming. God told the children of Israel, rehearse these things in your ears and your children's ears. I mean, when you sit down and talk to your kids, I want you to talk to them about how I brought you out of Egypt, how you crossed the Red Sea, how your shoes didn't get muddy, how your ancestors walked for 40 years with the same Louis Vuittons on and, and so, so forth and so on. Amen. There's a desert Louis Vuitton before Louis Vuitton was ever known about. So, mm-hmm. Their clothes grew. If you gained weight, your dress gained with you. You didn't have a closet full of can't wears. Amen. God let him know he was with you supernaturally. Amen. If you shrunk, the clothes shrunk. If your feet swell, well, they feet didn't swell. They stayed, stayed healthy. Amen. From all of that walking, they, they never had bad health. And so God told them, rehearse these things in your children's ears. 
you know, I believe if we be faithful to that, just gather everybody around, get everybody sit down at the dinner table sometimes. I don't care if you got to chain some of them down. Huh? You know the ones, they're going to get up, grab something off the table, come back later, go run their little game or whatever and come back. No, nah, y'all sit down. I got something to tell you about. Amen. Oh, ma. Yeah, I'm all ma, but are you going to listen? You're going to hear this. Amen. Because it'll keep you alive one day. Amen. And it'll give you hope and give you encouragement. And so they would habitually sit around and tell the stories about encounters with God and how God did this for the ancestors. And the same God who did that for them, he's alive now. And those were their point of con- points of contact. They kept their faith built up through these rehearsing these stories, telling these testimonies, allowing God to manifest as men. And often God's presence would show up at the, the speaking of his word and the telling of these testimonies. So they would have encounters with God. And whenever God's presence shows up, your faith increases. Because he's full of faith and power. His spirit is full of faith and power. He doesn't show up just to hang around you and make you feel oozy. He comes so that he can deposit something in you. And you get a witness in your spirit. You get a peace in there. You get a settling in there that God is with me in this. Just like, the you know, you want to sit up and slap your face for sitting up worrying for four or five days and wondering. Amen. Instead of just going back down memory lane, to go down the good memory lane. Amen. We got so many memories we Got stored up for no good reason. Amen. Need to divorce Barry White and need a baker and, huh? Well, I can't help it. She be on in the supermarket every time I go up in there. Well, go someplace else. Amen. But but you know what I mean. We've got memories of the things of God. And if we don't, then you rehearse the Bible. Those, these are our memories. These are legitimate memories for us where God did it for his people throughout the ages and he will do it for us. So Abraham had several encounters of God that we can say were faith building points of contact. Points of contact always build your faith or set a time, a date, a situation where you release your faith. Amen. And so that's the one we're going to talk about most today is the release of your faith point of contact. It, and, and we have many of them. You know, when I, I first started thinking about this and studying it, I thought it was just the, the where you, where, you know, the point of contact is what you do so you can get the biggie, you know, and go home with your trophy. But that's not true at all. As I examined what God was doing here, I found out that we have many points of contact for our for the release of our faith so that the things that we need can come to pass so that you can keep your faith on a, a high level on a on a, a productive level on a, a level of faith that produces that brings in the goods amen and that's what you want to do you want to keep it on a high level you don't want just just faith in your back pocket for emergencies Amen. Uh, you you need your faith on a high level so that it can produce for you whenever. Because really, you can receive any time. 
God can bless you anytime. Your promise can come through at any time. Don't set a time on it. Amen. Start, start deciding before the day is over. You're going to have it. See, what we do sometimes is if, if we don't get something, say you're looking for, uh, you, you know, you, you want the, somebody to call you about a, a job. You put in some applications and, and you know, you, you maybe call somebody back during the day, say 11 o'clock in the morning, you call somebody and, and you know, though you didn't get the job or they haven't decided yet. And you say, well, I'll call tomorrow. No! Before the day is over, you call. Somebody's going to call me with a job before the day is over. You got me? It's too many tomorrow stuff for stuff God wants you to have now. If you really believe God, you got it now, which means you can have it any time. You can call somebody before they leave at 10 to 5 and they say, oh, I've been trying to get a hold of you. Here it is. Just keep your faith sharp and keep it in operation and keep it alive so that thing can pop anytime. You don't, why would you put it off till tomorrow? You wanted it today. I know you wanted it because you called somebody looking for it. So what did you do with that faith? You put it, fold it up, put it, stop doing that. Amen. You hear people saying, uh, it ain't over till God says over. Oh, shut up. Cause you defeated when you say that. It, who, who talks about something being over? If you're expecting God to move, you ain't talking about over. You're talking about getting it. It's not about when it's over. It's about when you go have it. You have it now. God already spoke on that. I'm talking about anger until God says over. What does God say about your stuff? Well, you know. That's what I thought. You either have it or you don't. Amen. And if you're not sure you have it, stay in the word until you're sure. And then beyond. Amen. A lot of things we struggle with. If we stayed in the word, we wouldn't struggle. They, we'd be over on some of this stuff already. Amen? But we go away from the word, huh, feeling sorry for yourself, huh? That's where many people fail. There's the self-pity. Because you don't need to feel sorry for yourself unless you've given up. Faith don't give up. You got faith inside of you that's waiting for you to wake up and start using your faith instead of whining all the time. Amen. So, so get it together. Get, get to getting with your faith. But points of contact are very important because they are ways for us to always connect with God in our history, in our memories, in the Bible, in things where, where we know God is moving, where God is changing things, where God is working. Get involved in some of that thinking. Let yourself, you know, don't let your mind just get on one one thing and stay on there. And if you don't get that, you're all out of sorts. God has so much stuff for us to do and so much to get involved in. He wants to take care of us so we can take care of the rest of the world. Preaching the gospel and, and leading people to Christ, praying for the sick. There's so much to do. You don't have time to sit up and mope and feel sorry for yourself. 
Amen. You got time to, to rejoice and be glad, get in the word and say, God, where do I go and what do I do next? Amen. And he will take you to the places that he wants you to be in life. You, you're not going to get anywhere sitting around wondering, thinking and moping and feeling sorry for yourself. It's nothing to feel sorry about. Amen. You're blood bought. You're saved. You've got ideas. You've got vision. You've got dreams. You've got the word. You've got power. You've got all kinds of things at your disposal. Just got to learn how to tap into them. So when you start using, reflecting on the good things God has done, reflect on them. Don't focus on what hasn't happened yet. Amen. Focus on what has happened. What did God do for you last? The last time you got bad news, what did God do? He came through for you. Amen. Helped you out. Amen. This situation will be just like that last one. He's going to help you out and he's going to come through for you. Amen. He'll do it every single time. So Abraham's points of contact, we talked about. God telling him your children are going to number the sand in the sea, the stars in the sky. So these were points of contact. When he looked up and and God said, see if you can count all the stars. He was never able to count them. And that's how many descendants God said he would have. Same thing for the sand of the sea. Don't tell me these won't build your faith. See, you got to get to doing them. You don't know if these work or not unless you Fulfill on them. Do these things. Put yourself in remembrance. God, I remember when I was a nervous wreck and you taught me how to drive again. You taught me how to be a good wife. Amen. I didn't go ahead and stab my husband like I <laughs> put, put, hide the sharps. You know what I do? I'm doing a mental hospital. Put the butter knives away. This one's desperate. I'll butter him to death. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, God brings you through some great things, some great challenges, folks. I'm serious. I'm I'm a meek little lamb now. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> Except I preach kind of hard, but you know what? You got to get tough on the devil, but I'm really meek and lowly and gentle in my, in my heart, whatever that is, whatever. I'll skip that when I'll go on to my next example. <laughs> but, but the... These things that God would tell him. When God says, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to do the other thing for you. How high can you count? That's how, you understand what I'm saying? And so when when he gets to the point where he's really too old to conceive on his own, he grabs the faith for it anyway. Why? Because it's burned in his brain now. It's a part of him. No, God's going to give me all of these children he's going to do this for me and I'm, I'm still believing god for the greater thing that he has promised me already so abraham uh, you know he and sarah go on they're they're pretty much last point of contact was they god made them to laugh and i think if you get too old to do something and god makes you laugh that means your youth has come back do you understand what I'm saying? When you think it's too late for you and God makes you laugh, that means you've overcome whatever it is you thought was hindering you from. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like you look at younger women now or, or women who are unmarried and, and they're, you know, well, now I'm not married yet. Well, you get to the point you say, you know what? I'm old, but 
I'm going to get me somebody. You know, you can laugh about it. That means your faith is released into it now. Well, God will bring it to you. Once you start moping, stop moping and whining and start laughing and rejoicing, you pretty much got God on your side. He'll do the miracle for you. And then nothing's impossible with God. When you get over into that, the joy is the, 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 the rejoicing of overcomers. It's an overcomer's fruit of the spirit. That's why in, in, you know, denominational churches, you see everybody's got a sad face. Christians are known, religious people are known not to smile and not to laugh. That's like the, the thing. So when you can get to the point where you can rejoice, where everybody else is moping and sourpuss and all that kind of stuff, that means you know something they don't know. You've overcome something that is hindering everybody else from getting to the place where they're rejoicing, which means that nothing will be impossible for you to attain in God. Because all the obstacles now are out of the way. You're not afraid of anything. Nothing's hindering you anymore. Amen. And you can start inviting things into your life. You're not afraid anymore. A lot of people don't get married. They're scared of marriage. Because married people messed it up for them. I don't know. You know, it just, I think it's just a spirit. It's a demonic assignment against the young people. Amen. But when you can get to the point where you're not afraid and you say, Lord, I don't know what he's going to look like, but if he can walk, that's a plus. If he can talk, that's a plus. He got a job, that's plus, plus, plus. Start laughing about it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get off of the, you know, whining, not sure, I don't know. That old mindset's got to break if you're to break out in something. And so allow joy to be your point of contact. God, we're a hundred years old and ninety years old, and we go, we go have, oh, oh gosh, well, Lord have mercy. See, it'll happen then, because you feel about it the way God feels about it. I can tell you right now, God's never sad, depressed, or upset about nothing going on in your life. Amen. He's rejoicing about it all the time. Paul and Silas got beat up everywhere they went. And then they finally realized, well, we've been praying to get out of this jail. Why don't we just laugh at everything in here for a change? And they started praising joy, God and rejoicing. And God caused an earthquake. That don't usually happen when you praise God. I know because we do it here all the time. We, we ain't worked up no earthquakes yet. But something in them changed. Where they overcame all their fear, all their hurt, all their misery, fear of what they were going to do to them the next day. They broke free of all of that. They began to laugh and rejoice about it. It just wasn't singing praises to God. There was something different in, in what they did that time. And they were able to break free of all of that restriction, all that restraint. Got all the prisoners out with them. You got me? So God then brings the overflow. He delivers you and brings an overflow with him. When he did, that's joy, folks. The overflow is joy. It always brings more than what you thought you were going to get or more than what you needed. 
See, we can, we, you can rejoice and laugh at things and say, well, God, I don't know. I messed that up, but I'm going to go on to the next one. I don't know how we going to work this out, but I'm game. If you are, let's, let's go. <laughs> let's get with it this time. And so you, you have to be able to overcome. Your past, your failures, what you didn't do last time, how you messed that up this time. You've got to be able to show God you're with him. God, I messed that up so bad I can't even tell you. Uh Right now my life is a dumpster fire. You know, and I'm pouring gasoline on it. With these faithless prayers and these tears and all this. God, God, come on, let's get up and go. We got to get to, it can't get any worse. Amen. And let's go and let's go to the next one. And go enjoy. Go rejoicing. Your sins are forgiven. You're not taking your guilt into the next situation. You're not taking your past into the next situation. we got to know enough about God to start laughing at a lot of stuff that goes on. Amen. You know, I was telling the Lord, I said, I just screwed up my finances some kind of way. Like, that's new. <laughs> oh, my, that's not me at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? It it, it is not news to God. So uh, there's no tragedy here. Just, you know, I'm not mad at the bank. I'm not going to go and tell somebody off. You know, we're going to laugh and keep going. Amen. Because God is taking care of me. That in itself shows me I ain't taking care of myself. So you need to laugh and rejoice. You might as well. Amen. Joy brings on the the laugh of God and the power of God to overcome. Joy will clear your mind up. Where you used to think you was depressed and all out of sorts, you get a good bout of joy and you'll break out of that thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You will. Then I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. Where you worked it through with him and he's showing you, I'm still going to do this for you. You might have cast me aside, but I didn't cast you aside. I'm coming back. We go for round three. Amen. Whatever it is, we're going at it again. And so God, it becomes your refuge. He becomes your everything. Amen. He's your lifeline. And your faith is getting stronger. Every time you go back to God and get a different connection with him, a new connection with him, a new point of contact, he has strengthened your faith and strengthened your lifeline. And so points of contact where where God delivered and where God gave people the thing that they were looking for. I thought we could go over here to Mark chapter 5 and we'll talk about points of contact that were uh, available here. And we said again, a point of contact really is a set of conditions or a time for the release release of your faith. To receive your healing, your blessing, your miracle. Gotta have, gotta be releasing your faith. Many times we're in such fear. Your faith is so bottled up. We don't even know, you know, where we're coming or going. And so you've got to have these ways where you just go to God. God, I don't even know what's going on today. I thought I had it. I, he, you know, the devil likes to stun us. You know, jump up and do something that we're not expecting to happen. And then all of a sudden you're caught off guard. You're stunned. You're a pair like a deer looking in headlights. You don't know what to do. 
But the, the, the least you can say, thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that I'm coming out of this. And in fact, I'm out of it right now, Lord. This is not going to keep me down. It has no power to keep me down. You knew this was going to happen before it happened, and you've already made provision for this thing. It may be bad news right now in the natural, but you're going to turn it into good. You work everything out for good. And just work with God on that and allow him to develop your faith. So in Mark chapter 5, we see the situation that that um, with Jairus, who is the ruler of the synagogue, a religious man, and and it's kind of interesting to me how religious people can be converted and not even sure what's happening to them. Because he winds up in front of Jesus, you know, and he really ain't sure how that happened. So it's Mark chapter 5 and around verse 21. And he said, it says here, in when Jesus was passed over again by ship and to the other side, many people gathered to him, and he was near to the sea. And behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly and said here, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray for you. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Now, his point of contact, and I want everybody, you all know what it is. What's his point of contact? Huh? Huh? No. What's his point of contact? No, no. Point of contact. Circumstances or situations where he's going to release his faith. Yeah, come and lay your hands on her and she will be healed. That is a faith statement. There's no doubt in that. There's no wavering in it. So this is what he set up between him and the Holy Ghost. He set that up so that when that happens, the girl's going to be healed. So this is his point of contact. And this is what God has developed in all of us. Many of us will have have pain or symptoms. It's kind of interesting to me. People will come up to the altar on the weekend, but they've had a pain since Tuesday. See, point of contacts are powerful. Points of contact are powerful. Amen. Because somehow they stayed in one piece for three, four, five days, however many it was. And they'll say, well, you know, I've been having this pain all week. I said, when did it start? Mm, Tuesday. Mm, Interesting. But they've already set up in their mind when they come here and get prayed for, they will be healed. Then and only then. So we can hold on to faith and have grace to, that pain didn't get so bad they had to do something else about it. Huh? That's the power of faith. Your faith holds you intact until you get to the place where you release it and receive what you need. And I'll, I'll try and do a little work with them. I say, well, why don't you talk to it? Now why am I doing that? All that mumble, mumble, mumble. Why do I do that? Yeah, and and let you know you could have done this Tuesday. You see? 
There's nothing special about standing in front of me. Now, there's more anointing at the altar. But try talking to it next time. That's all I'm trying to lay. I ain't, I ain't pushing nobody to do nothing. I'll know the gun to your head. Not forcing you to do anything. But I am resetting your point of contact. Everybody got that? We just reset your point of contact so that you can then start speaking to your mountain when your mountain first attacks you. Amen. And that thing will move. Now, there are people who faith ain't there and they'll tell me I did that and nothing happened. Well, I know they just fixed the point of contact. Hey, no harm, no foul. I ain't mad at y'all. We ain't going to fall out. But I'm going to keep working this until I get you to see that you can move your point of contact to where you can. Amen. And the Bible covers that. It, the Bible says if there's any sick among you, what that really means is that is there anybody out there that has tried to, to get their healing through their own words and it didn't work for them, then you come to the elders of the church. Amen. There's, that's open for you all the time. But at the same time, you because you have a believer's ministry to do, I want you to start getting used to speaking to junk and mountains and stuff and making a move with your faith and your voice so that when you meet somebody who has an ailment, you can be the one, you can fulfill Mark 16, 17, and 18. Amen? So you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So it's not that I don't like you and I'm trying to make you do something. You understand what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. We just, we all love around here. One heart, you know, one love, whatever. That's where we are. And so we're, we're just imparting these things. But just know that you can reset a point of contact that you thought was fixed. They can be reset. Amen. So you have a point of contact for where, uh, you know, you're going to release your faith. God, I'm going to call three people today, and I'm expecting that one of those three people will have a job for me. So it's got to happen today. So you call three, and it doesn't happen. Don't fall out. You see, this is where everybody wants to foam at the mouth. Because, see, we're all looking for an excuse to fall out and get ugly and, Say it ain't working. We quick to, you know, ain't working is like right up there on the top of your shelf all the time. You can grab that anytime you want to. We're trying to keep from grabbing that and getting your promise, which you, you want your promise. You don't want to get a little ain't working pill, a pacifier. You got me? You want it to work. So you got to reset your point of contact. See, we think if we say it and it don't happen, then it's, you know, it's over forever. But you can reset these things. You say, well, God, I didn't get it. I thought I would get it on the three, but let me try two more people today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Let your faith work while it's working. Because overnight the devil's got plans for your head. He going to work you over so bad telling you about so-and-so is broke and they ain't got this. And you know they foreclosed. They repoed her car. You know she ain't got that car no more. Your BFF. She walking. She on the bus. 
You know what I'm talking about. So you don't wait till tomorrow. You don't try to hold your faith. It's working right now. Let it keep working while it's working. Don't hold it over till tomorrow. My goodness. Tomorrow, devil have a pain in your foot you can't get rid of. I can't call nobody for no job. I'm sick. Oh boy, here we go. So, so let's strike while the, the iron is hot, folks. Just keep it moving. Keep it going. Amen. So here Jairus is, his point of contact, he says, come lay your hands on her. That's how she's going to get her healing. He's figured it out and he's got faith in it. How do we know he's, he believes that? How do we know he's got faith? (laughs) Mumble, mumble. Jesus is going with him. He don't go with nobody that don't believe him. Come on now, stay focused. See, see, this is how you meditate till you get your, your faith built up. You think about what you just read. How do I know this man said this in faith? This is, and Jesus went with him. That shows you he must have faith. Jesus is with you when you got faith. Amen. He never leaves you. In fact, he, he stays with us more when we don't have faith sometimes. Why? Because he can't deny himself. He's faithful beyond our faithlessness. But this is an indication and a sign to you that this man moved Jesus with his faith. Jesus went with him. He's, a, he's doing what he says. So if they get there before this girl dies, he'll get the point of contact that he set will work. Amen. So he besought him greatly. My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians. So she ought to be discouraged. Amen. All them doctors. It's amazing how some people can get so many doors slammed in their face and still believe. See, you get the impression that this she must have been expecting God to do something at some point because she keeps believing. She just takes that same faith she had in the doctors and transferred them over into Jesus. Because that faith came back alive again. It didn't die when the doctors couldn't help her anymore. See, this is something that helps people. If you can get people, I don't care if they're getting therapy for whatever and they say it works 100%. Get them on the word. Get them on the word. Because God can speed up the healing process. He can make that healing more definitive. He can make at least the pills work. No side effects. There's something the word will do that will always enhance what they have. So it's always good to keep people on the word because if it comes to the point where they can't do anything, their faith won't die because the doctors can't. You know how people say, well, the doctor said, the doctor said, the doctor said, the doctor said. See, that faith is locked into the natural. When the doctors can't do anymore, you'll see them go downhill. But if you can intervene and get them on the word, yeah, we'll believe God with you for these doctors to do something. But God's word says, 
And you get some word in them, people. You're already healed. Because don't sit up and just rely on natural medicine, period, ever. And anybody you know, period, ever. Don't let that just be what they're looking at. Because when the devil can cut that out, it's quick. They can send them a bad letter. You got to leave the hospital. You don't have no more insurance. Or you got to pay for this medicine and it just jumped up in price to a thousand dollars a pill. You can't afford that. Anything's liable to happen. So you get people on the supernatural and I'm not saying take nothing away from them. Just let them know, listen, God's healing you. We'll get God to use. We'll ask God to take the doctors. We'll ask God to do. We'll ask God, you see, and transfer their faith over into the supernatural realm where God is. That's where your real help is. And so he says here, she had an issue of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians. She had all kind of treatment and it all backfired and failed, but she's still believing. She never got better, but actually got worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she transferred her faith over from the doctors to him. You know what? Jesus' feelings are not hurt if he's your last resort. Because that's true for most of us anyway, if you think about it. I didn't try everything. I guess I asked God. (laughs) You know, we do that stuff. They claim we've been walking with God for years and trying everything before we try him. He's been tried already. You don't have to try him. You can bank on him. Amen. You put all the marbles in the game when Jesus is with you. And he says, and, and when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said, now everybody knows this is her point of contact, right? Her point of contact is, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole, I'll be healed. Now, she meditated her way to that point. She didn't just leave the doctor and they just, you know, throw her out the door because she ain't got no money. And she ran to a Jesus meeting. She might have done some things in between there, which I probably think she did. She finally opened her ears up. To hear about Jesus. See, he's been around. God's been around forever. And this lady's a Hebrew. She could have gotten a healing if the priest had been acting right. I mean, you don't know why she resorted to doctors. But she had a covenant of healing already with God. Which could be, she can activate that at any time. We don't know what the problem was. Doesn't say. But see, when she's got a covenant with God, Jesus is a fulfillment of the covenant. So her faith is going to get activated when she hears about him. So she's she's got an edge in that they've already been waiting on the Messiah to come and solve all their problems. Plus she's heard that he's healed people. That's what she, that's what that's what she heard. Says when she heard of Jesus, what she hear? That he would heal her. He's healed everybody else. He heals people without fail. He doesn't turn anybody away. He uses the power of God. He's not a a natural doctor. Amen. So it says she started thinking about it. That's all we ever do. When we hear stuff, all you had to do was think about it. Well, I wonder if he could, I wonder if he could heal me. Well, he's healed all these other people. 
And then she said, well, no, maybe not. But the next day she gets up and the thought comes to her again. That's the Holy Ghost. See, these thoughts that that are miraculous, that keep coming to us, that's God talking to you. That ain't the devil giving you pipe dreams. Amen? That's God talking to you. That's how he talks to people. He is that relentless hope that's in us that lets us know that it's going to work out. It's going to work better. You're going to get what you need. You're not going to die. You're going to live. Amen? He's that thought that keeps coming to us. Our problem is we don't know how to feed that thought enough to get it to be right. We start extinguishing it. You know what I mean when I say that? You, it, it's a nice little fire and you warm your hands to it and you're feeling all cozy. And then all of a sudden you say, nah, that ain't for me. No, that's not going to happen. That could, or you just let, let the thought drop and you don't process it any further to where you know that you know that you know that you have it. Amen. That's how the Holy Ghost starts with miraculous, with miracle working power with people. It's in our minds, folks. We gotta, we've gotta say, confess with our, 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 our mouth what we believe in our hearts, but it gets in your heart by thinking it. Hearing. You gotta think it through. You gotta process. You gotta visualize yourself walking, running, leaping, praising God. 100% whole. All the energy in the world, amen, no more wrinkles, no stumbling around, no fear, all that kind of stuff. you got to see yourself there when you read those scriptures. Not some imaginary something, but when you when you start reading the words, see yourself having that stuff. See yourself having those things. Don't keep making excuses for your lack. But allow yourself to to process that. And that's all she did. She went from hopeless out of money to all of a sudden she got her stuff. You don't do that without meditating it and thinking about it and let God put it together for you. God, how is this going to happen? Now, wait a minute, God. I can't go out the house. I can't touch a holy man. They'll, they'll chase me away. You know, she didn't try to be out the house before and people recognize her. she go right back in that house again. Because she's unclean. And if she's around people, she's got to keep calling herself unclean to keep them away. So how's she going to get her healing? Then she says unclean, Jesus could turn his back on her. So the Holy Ghost said, no, I got a different way for you to do this. I know how we can get this done. And he tells her, don't tell nobody nothing. Go crawl on the ground and just touch the hem because there's power in that. And she said, oh, yeah, right, right, right. They had a tradition that there was power in the hem of the priest's robe. They, where they had a little uh, scroll rolled up with the word in it. And that word was supposed that they, they watched it as he walked by. And that's how they knew he was a holy man. But also they believed that God put his power in the word and the word, his hem represented the word of God. And that, that's scriptural that she believed that way. She didn't just make that up and say, well, I'm just going to touch his hem and that's going to do it. No, there was a biblical reason why she felt the way she did. And she was able to, to step in there. And it says here, she pressed, she touched his garment for she said, and, and one account says she said within herself, which means she meditated, she thought it out. If I can but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. 
Now, this doesn't work if you're just out casually strolling and Jesus passes by and you just dive and try to get something. Because there's no faith in that. You got me? This has to be something where it's a set of conditions where you've already know it's a time for the release of your miracle. Just like if you're not feeling well at home, you say, well, I'm going to press and get to church because I know when I get there. We do it all the time. And so this, these are points of contact. You've got faith in you. You just want to release it when it's going to do something. Because you've tried, you know, doing the Macarena. <laughs> you're touch myself, heal myself. My, hey, Macarena, Macarena. You know, nothing happens. You might as well be doing that. Amen. Because your little cold hands and your unbelief, you just don't have it to do it yourself. So you go to the elders of the church. No harm, no foul. We love you. One love. Remember that? Well, that's who we are here. We love people. We help people. And so, but we also teach people too. Amen. And so, and there may be times where you, you are successful praying for others and you go to touch yourself and it ain't working for you. That happens to me. You got me? And so we, we know what to do. We've got other recourse. We got other, there's tons of ways for you to get your healing. Amen. And so she said, and right away, the fountain, verse 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. When you're healed, you know it. Until you know it, you haven't got it. Stay in the word. Keep, keep working at it. Amen. Keep believing. You'll get it. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself, that virtue had gone out of him, turned it round in the press and said, who touched me? And his disciples said, there's a lot of people out here. He said, nah, somebody touched me because I felt virtue go out of me. Virtue leaves Jesus when faith is involved. So we know her faith was, was, was right to receive her healing. The point of contact was right. Everything she did was right. Amen. And Jesus needed to let her know that it was right for her to do what she did. Because it shouldn't have been right according to their law. But it worked for her. Why? Faith is bigger than the law. Faith will cause you to break laws. Faith will cause you to do a lot of things that everybody else looks at and thinks you're crazy. And, you know, and, and you're going to look crazy doing some things in God sometimes. Amen. Because faith will make you look like that. And he says, who touched me? Everybody looks, and he looked to her, and, and she began to tell him everything that she did. There's lots of reasons why God is doing this this way, folks. And, and we can't look at them all right now. We've looked at them from time to time. But he's doing this. He's letting her give her testimony because the spirit of prophecy is on your testimony. So when she tells everything, she is actually prophesying to everybody within earshot. And there's a big crowd there. People are pressed in Jesus like sardines. God wants her to give her testimony in front of all these people. Amen. And so Jesus, she tells him all the truth, confess what happened. Now she's got a lot of people who were in bondage to the law able to come out and get healed. Her testimony is doing this. Jesus would go places and people, everybody who touched him got healed. 
So everybody who is in earshot knows that now. And and in those days, news traveled like wildfire. They didn't have CNN for lazy people that just want to hear what people want to tell them. You understand what I'm saying? You got the buzz. You stood on a street corner till somebody came by and they said, you hear what happened? Jesus is doing this. I'm going to go. You understand? And they took off running after him. Amen. So, so the press was the press. Then people pressing around. That's the first newspaper. Amen. So, so they began to tell when they heard the story, it got repeated over and over and over again. And all they heard was the punchline. If you touch him, you'll get your healing. Amen. And so she got her healing. She goes on her way. While he's still talking to this lady, the bad news Pharisee comes up. Some of Jairus's BFFs, his, his homeboys, the ones he hangs with, been at the house waiting for the girl to die so they can run off and tell him that. So they run off and tell him. A certain ruler from the synagogue, uh, he says, your daughter is dead. Why are you bothering him? Let Jesus go on about his business now. Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble him anymore. But they don't know Jesus. And they don't know Jairus. See, these people don't know faith. Because they think they're killing people's faith when bad things happen, but sometimes that's when some people's faith just gets started. Some of us, the worse it gets, the deeper we dig in God. Amen. You know, there have been people that, that, you know, the kid was laying in a morgue dead. There was a woman that, that, uh, this boy, her son gives his testimony at 700 club. He was with a gang with drug dealers. Somebody shot him in the head five times. He's laying up there in the morgue. And so the doctors call the mom to, they finally identify and get the mother on the phone. She said, could you put that phone up to my son's ear? Huh? She began to prophesy to him, seed of the righteous. God said, you're going to get up and preach. You get up from there. You are not, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. That boy started to get warm. He started to breathe and he got up. Mother came and got him, got him up on out of there. You understand what I'm saying? So there's faith at that level. It's not by your supernatural faith should not be bothered by natural circumstances at all. I don't care what happens. Don't phase you. God's coming through for me because he said he would. Amen. It doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. And so the Jairus gets the bad news and, and they try to separate him from Jesus. And see, this is where Jesus takes over. All before it was Jairus. The burden was on him to have faith. You hold on to your faith. He held on as best he could. And then he comes the devil to try to disconnect him from his faith. See, the devil is always coming at us with bad news. Things in the natural. It didn't happen yet. You didn't get the job. What does that mean? Don't mean nothing. It's still coming. I got the job. What do you mean I didn't get it? I got it. I'm not waiting on somebody tell me I got a job. I got a job. Amen. And so, and this is where you got to, you got to be. Faith is like this, folks. It's not moved by that. Well, if that that one my job, I'm gonna give God. God, I give you what? Twenty four hours for you to make me another one. He'll make it for you. He don't care if nobody's hiring. He'll make you a job. 
he promised it, whatever he's got to do to get it to you, he'll do it. He'll make you, you ask him to manufacture something new. God bring me to you. All my sources have dried up. I need a new source. The brook has dried up. Find me a widow woman somewhere that make me a cake so I can live. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Talk about an upgrade from a, 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 a bird, a, a dirty bird, an unclean bird to a widow. Hey, it's an upgrade. You know what I'm saying? Went from animal to human. You will live. And so it says, and while he he came to him, he says, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master any further. Everybody wants to separate you from your faith. As soon as Jesus heard it, though, see, this is where Jesus has to take over. When your faith starts to waver and you don't know where to do, you ain't, you, your, your uh, plan is not dead. What do you mean your faith wavered? That's when he takes over. That's when he comes to your rescue. That's his job to encourage your faith. Every time Abram, God showed up and visited Abram, it was at the point where his faith was about to die. God shows up and gives him a new point. Hey, Abram, remember I told you I'm back again. It's still on. And Abram's like, wait a minute, God, now I'm 100. I don't care. You keep messing around, you're going to be 110. So listen to me this time. Play them games. What did he tell Abram? He said to straighten up, walk before me and be perfect. And said, no more games, Abram. You're going to listen and you're going to pay attention. You're going to get it right. Amen. We going to get it right. So as soon as Jesus heard, you ever notice sometimes you get bad news and you sit for a minute and something inside of you gets some joy and it gets some peace. That's the Holy Ghost. As soon as the bad news comes, he shows up with good news for you. And you get reminded, you know what, God, you have not failed me yet. This is going to come through for me. I am not done. Not by a long shot. Not by a little bit. And Jesus told him, Jesus heard the word that was spoken. The Holy Ghost hears everything the devil tells you. And he has an answer to help you. And he says here, "He don't be afraid, only believe. Now, when Jesus, when the Holy Ghost tells you, fear not, you straighten up. Amen. You can't fight that word. When that rhema comes to you to help you, it knocks the fear out of you. And Jesus said, I got something for you still. Just uh, hold on. Just keep believing me. We only got a little bit further to go. And and then Jesus didn't allow anybody else to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So Jesus has got crowd unbelief to fight. You don't take a bunch of people to go raise the dead. You take whoever God says, take no more, no less. Amen. Don't be, this ain't no time to get your posse. You know, you see these people, I'm calling all my prayer warriors to pray. And ain't nobody in that whole group praying. Calling all my prayer. Will you, will you, will you buy some prayer? Well, you, you, you don't own nobody around here. I pray at the command of God. I don't pray because I'm one of your, I'm your posse. Crazy people. He says here, um, it, he took Peter, James, and John, the parents, of course, because their faith is what's going to make this happen. And so 
he Jesus tells him when he comes in, he says, why are you carrying all? She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Nobody say that in front of a bunch of unbelievers. So he could pick out who was in faith and everybody that laughed him to scorn. You leave, you leave, you won't, you, you think this is funny, you go, get out of here. You leave, you leave, you leave, you, you want faith people in there. You don't want people, ah, ha, 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 ha. Huh? You want people who are with you to come along. So he puts all the laughers out, laughed him to scorn. Amen. So he put them all out. He took the father, the mother, and the, the of the little girl that were with him, and they go in where she was, and he said to her, get up. <laughs> I called her Talitha. Talitha girl, get up from there. Amen. <laughs> he tells her to get up and says, damsel, I say to you, arise. And straight away she arose and got up and walked. She didn't sit on the edge of the bed and dangle. For all you nurses. Amen. They don't do that no more, Nurse Nikki. They, you know, you couldn't get nobody just up. Sit them on the bed today, let them dangle their feet until they, you know, you know they're not going to pass out and fall on you, you know. No, she got right up and walked. There was, she didn't have to convalesce. They didn't have to go easy on her. They didn't have to do nothing. And it says, and she walked for she was at the age, she was 12 years old, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them, or Jesus commanded them to, to tell nobody. This is the don't tell nobody crowd. Now before, the the lady with the issue, she told everybody. There's a different purpose and a different timing for your testimony. Who would they tell? Huh? They posse. The unbelieving people that watched her till she died. Nobody prayed. Nobody went and got Jesus. Nobody lifted. They don't have no faith to keep her. If they didn't have faith to keep her alive to wait for Jesus to get there, they certainly don't have no faith to keep her alive now that she's raised up. You can go right back in the coffin by giving the news to the wrong people. Are you sure she's okay? Well, she was dead when I left here. Huh? Yeah. Don't, the, these parents are, they're like in a fog trying to adjust to the fact that this girl is alive again. They've been expecting her to die, but hoping against hope that when Jesus got there, she'd be okay. Well, she done died already. So they still got to hold on to that little sliver. Well, that's really all they have now that she's walking around. They could watch her, pet her. You go, you okay? You still, uh-uh. You're not going to do that because you're not going to tell nobody. You're going to keep her in here and keep her well until she's strong enough to get out and survive on her own. Amen? And so Jesus then, he, he charged them straightly that no man should know it. You, it's not time for you to give your testimony. And commanded that she give her some of them wings. Huh? They cooked them for her anyway. Huh? But Jesus like, them wings is the bomb. I had some of that sister so-and-so's. Oh yeah, them is good. Give her some of them wings. Hot wings on top of it. 
with ghost pepper sauce. Huh? Let it really come to life. Amen. Y'all need to laugh over there. Everybody over there sleeping and carrying on. That was funnier than you think. Amen. And we'll skip the funeral potatoes. Put them away. We ain't eating them right now. We're going we gonna to go with these ghost pepper wings up in here. Amen. And give us some of that banana pudding. Got me? This, this ain't a repast no more. This is a resurrection party. Huh? Went from a repast to a resurrection party. Amen. That's how you do it. <laughs> Amen. So, so Jairus reset his point of contact. So I'm going to tell you. It was reset when Jesus said, fear not, only believe. It got reset. So it was reset from come lay hands on my sick daughter to come raise my daughter from the dead. So he, the fact that he kept walking with Jesus means he had faith that he was going to raise her up. Amen. So your faith is always in action. It's not just, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe. The man with the, with the son with the seizures tried that. I believe, and then he had to confess, help my unbelief, I'm believing, but I ain't believing. So keep your mouth shut and keep walking with Jesus until you get to where he's going to release that that blessing to you so that you know that you know that you know you have it because your point of contact will be reset many times don't get discouraged you know well i thought god i was going to get it this time you will this time ain't over yet who told you you your name wasn't still in the pot amen (laughs) i got something for you Amen. Yeah, we, we gonna eat real good today. Amen. Cause we're not, we're not having a funeral and a repast. We having a resurrection party. Amen. We getting her up out of there. What you wanted will come to pass, but it may come a different way than you had envisioned it in the beginning. Don't mean it won't come to pass. Abram had to reset his many times. He thought Ishmael was, was gonna get it for him. Amen. But that would have left his wife out. Amen. God's gonna bless your wife too. Amen. And and change you in the process. All of you brothers that think you can got can get everything. The wife don't have nothing. I got news for you. Amen. She can pull up a chair to the table too and dine. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you have set us free again. We're so thankful to you. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We lift you up. You certainly are worthy to be praised. You're the only one. (laughs) Only one. We give all praise to you, Father. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for using your servant. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm so blessed that you decided to call me into the ministry. And you walked with me for so many years, Lord, and just one love. <laughs> we the same love. So we thank you, Lord, for that. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray for anybody that needs prayer. Miss Nola, start lining you up.